Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. Shabbos Pashat Bamidbar. Today is Rishchidish Sivan. And also, Monday and Tuesday is Chag HaShavuiz. Shir in the Nishmas. Shalom. Shalom. Ben Rav Yeshua Zal. And Gabriel the Melech Zal, Ibad Chaim Tev Maruchim, Yom Yayat Shechem. We begin to embark on the Chumash Bamidbar, Book of Numbers, Sefer Pikudim. Bamidbar Sinai. Why Bamidbar Sinai? A desolate place, a place with nothing, with barrenness, a place with nothingness, not a tree, nor a well, nor anything. Dafkin Bamidbar Sinai, Dafkin this Midbar, Akash Baruch chose to give us the Tera. The irony. Eitz Chaim Hila Machazikim Bo. Taylor referred to as Eitz Chaim, a tree of life. And here in this place of desolate barrenness, the Abish chooses to give us the Taylor. The fact is that for the most part people feel that the most important thing in their life the most important thing in their day is their work day and their panasa. Kilu as if they are providing the Parnassah. As if what they are doing is what's making them a livelihood. The livelihood comes from one source, from one source only. And that is from Tata. When one devotes themselves to the Lima da Tera, to the learning of Tera, Hakarj Barakhu sees to it that everything is there. Have we spoken recently? That doesn't mean that I say I'm Talmud Chachan, I'm sitting and learning Tera, and therefore Hakarj Barakhu has to send me the money. We actually told a story recently also about that. One that sits and learns Tera with full sincerity. One that sits and learns Tera with a total belief and dedication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to the Tera. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees to it that he reaps the fruits of his toil.
the Yidin came to the Midbar. They came to this desolate desert, the place of nothingness. What are we going to live off? Are there not enough graves in Egypt that take us to here to die in the desert? Die in the Midbar. Dying of hunger. Dying of thirst. Dying of heat. Why are you here in this desert? In order to receive the Taylor. If you're here to receive the Taylor, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I see to it that you are sustained, that you have sustenance that you need to survive. Whether that be food in the form of the man, whether that be drink, liquid, fluid, coming from the Be'er Miriam, from the well of Miriam, whether that be the Ananiya Kovid, the clouds of glory that surrounded the Jews and protected them, not only from the sun, from the animals, the snakes, the scorpions, leveled the mountains in front of them so their path was clean, cleansed their clothes on them as they stood. They lacked absolutely nothing in the desert. Nothing. Everything between food, drink, protection, domiciliary, it was all on a golden platter. Not even silver. This, says the Tera, why we receive the Tera in the Midbar. A direct lesson to us. A direct lesson telling us that although it looks like there's no way to sustain ourselves by just sitting and studying Teda, the Teda tells us clearly that this is what it's all about. The study of Teda. So much so. So much so that we find in our parasha a very interesting form of psukim, of a pasuk in which it tells us the great significance of the study of Torah. The, the Pasuk says, 
Tildes, Aaron, Umeisha. These are the children of Aaron and Meisha. After counting the names of the Jews and everything, all the nation, now the Torah moves on. We're now into Shevet Levi that was not counted and not calculated. Leading off with the children of Aaron and Moshe. And the Apostle continues and talks about the children of Aaron. And only the children of Aaron does not make any mention or note of the children of Moshe. First, one that comes up with a problem with that is our champion of the, the Pasuk, the Ben Chomish, the Mikra. The child studying Teda, the child that received the guide written by Rashi himself, the handbook for the Ben Chomish, the Mikra, to understand all the perplexities of the Tera. But not perplexities in a depth. Pshuta Yishal Mikra. The simplicity of explaining a Pasuk. And therefore, the Ben Chamesh the Mikra looks and says, you're not talking straight. You say, these are the children of Mesha and Aaron, you only give me the children of Aaron. What happened to Mesha's children? Or if not, you want to tell me about Gershon and Eliezer, how can you put on the title the children of Mesha and say the children of Aaron's names? If you're keeping score at home to Gemara Masech the Sanhedrin Yotes Amid Beis, Kol Amalamid Ben Chaverei Teira May Lalav Akosav Kili Yildei. Anyone that teaches the son of the friend Teira, the Teira considers it as if they gave birth to them. Aaron Yolad Umeishel Limed. Aaron was the biological father, and Meishel taught them. The Fichach, therefore, says the Gemara Nikro Al Shemay. They were called on his name. So, you know what? The Chamesh, the Mikra, you should be very happy. Because Rashi gave you a real clear answer. Straight, clear, clear forward answer. Explaining why the Torah is written so seemingly out of whack. But it's not as clear as you think. Not that simply understood. How is it possible to write Tildes Arnu Meisha When we know that Aaron was the actual biological father and not Moshe, 
Mesha was as if Kilo Yelde, as if they were born to him. Only as if he wasn't actually the father. How did the Torah therefore say these are the children? These were the children of Aaron, and also Mesha had a hand in this. Don't put him on even billing, as we say. That Mesha was the father, as just as much as Aaron. Equal billing. More so, Mesha Rabbeinu Lentera, but not only to B'nai Aaron did he teach, he taught the entire nation. Do we find anywhere that the Tera says, B'nai Mesha? Say B'nai Mesha, you're talking about Elias and the son? Gershon. Those are the B'nai Mesha. Klal Yisrael is B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yaakov, B'nai Avram, Mitzchik Yaakov. Doesn't say B'nai Meisha, the children of Meisha taught everybody Tehidus. If everybody told them Tehidus of Meisha, everybody should be considered his children. More so, we don't see anywhere in particular the Tehidus of Elon Meisha, the Misara, the Bnei Adam. Doesn't say he was given. He gave over to the Bnei Aaron. He gave over to Yisrael. Meish go tell him Sinai. Suddenly Yeshua, Yeshua the Skenim, Bnei Aaron are not in the dimension here. So the question begs to ask: Where are we finding this source telling us? That Mesha was indeed the father, or considered the father, of Aaron's children. What does it say further in the Pasuk? Further in that very same Pasuk it says, On the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to Mesha and HaSinai, the fact they stood in Hasinai caused a physical, not only spiritual, but a physical change in B'nai Yisrael. Therefore, since it was in the moment of Hasinai that everybody's essence changed, till that point they were like any other nation. Through Matan 
they became Mamleches Kehanim Goy Kodesh, the Goy Kodesh, they became a total separate entity, God's chosen people. On this strength, on this fact that I was given Hasinai, and the Torah being given Hasinai changed the essence. Hakadosh Baruch changed the essence of the Jew, of the Jewish nation and the people. It was a total revamp. Not just a slight adjustment. They were a total new entity. And therefore, Mesha caused, through Matanteda, a change in the essence of Aaron's children as well. Although he learned Teda with the entire nation. But this is a commandment that Kaj Baruch told him to do. To give over the Teda to Klal Yisrael. However, on the other hand, he learned Ubenay Aaron in a special way. He devoted and dedicated his entire life and soul teaching them. Till so much so that they were as if his own children. In that case, that's very, very touching, very powerful, very potent. You want to tell me something else? You're telling me that just like Aaron's children were like Moshe's himself because he was so dedicated to the study of Teda. Why can you, why are we deriving from this that anyone that teaches reaches this level? Mesha was given a special kayach on Hasinai. Stood 40 days and 40 nights accepting receiving the data. So he devoted and gave over his whole, uh, his, his everything, his entire essence, to learning with these children. I hear you. I hear that if they became great, they became close to him. But where does that come off to every person that teaches another person's child? The answer is, in truth, although we don't really have that same potency of Meshach Abeno. And therefore the child, the child learning by the Melamed doesn't become literally as his own. Mm-hmm. It's simply possible Mayra of Akasiv Ki'ilu Yildi Teresa says about
about almost as much. Since, still in all, the Torah that we're learning was given on Hasinai, it has the potential, it has the strength, it has the potency to do so. But it's Ki'ilu Yildi. And this is where the Torah gives us that strength, that inner strength. What is Teda? It was a Rav. The old generations. David Segal. One night he was sitting and learning, as he did every night, for most of the night. And he developed a horrific, horrific toothache. Gemara tells us what Dubar toothaches. Many different remedies. Kabbalah tells us different remedies. But whatever he tried wasn't working. This Rav was a pauper. He literally had nothing. He had nothing. And here he is, sitting in the middle of the night trying to learn. And uh, the pain is too is unbearable. He decides, there's only one place to get rid of this pain. He's going to have to go to the only place that's open, the pub. The pub was pretty much on the outskirts of the city. And he schleps out to the pub. And he gets to the pub, Rahman al Tzlan. And he tells Shemelke, Shemelke, he couldn't even talk. His mouth was such pain. He couldn't even talk. He was, oh. Shemelke gleich verstanden. Shemelke understood right what the problem was. Shemelke said, don't worry, Rebbe. Takes a, I guess a cup of Zexanitska, which is probably what the uh, average person drank in those days, but the Zerov obviously was not in the, uh, in the mode, and he wasn't in the tasting, wasn't actually a drinker. So, he took the shot, and a few seconds later, it helped. It helped. So he says to the Rav, the Rav says to him, Okay, Shlemke, what I owe you? He says, Rebbe, please, take him from the Rebbe money for one shot. 
The Rav said, how much is the job? It's only a cupcake. So I'm not taking money from the Rav. And the Rav says, listen, I'm a communal worker. I'm on a salary, whatever they gave me. And therefore, I can't take an extra cupcake. Never, you're driving a hard bargain. I have no choice. Okay, give me a cupcake. <laughs> the Rav starts rummaging through his pockets. And guess what? Lo and behold, he doesn't have a cupcake. So the fellow says to him, Rebbe, I told you, forget it. No, 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 no. Write it down on the tab. Write it on my tab. I'll make, make a tab. You have a tab, right? Everybody has a tab. Write it down on the tab. <sighs> has no choice. He writes it down. The tradition was in the mornings. The townsfolk, this is another way of the Shmelka making a living, he used to stop off for a shot of mashke before davening. Shidam besa. So they come to the pub for their shot of mashke, their morning shot of mashke, and lo and behold, to their dismay, is a tab, the Rav's name on it. Come on, slowly said. The Rav comes here to drink at night, this is what goes on, instead of sitting and learning. And amongst them was the Shamas. You go right now, tell the Rav he is dismissed. He is history, he's out of here. Well, the Shamas had no choice. Comes to the Rav, the Rav is sitting and studying, he's learning. And he's learning and he's learning and he's learning. It's very deep. Very deep. And this guy doesn't want to know what to do, he doesn't want to stop the Rav, interrupt the Rav. He's walking around in circles back and forth, back and forth. Finally, he catches the Rav's attention. The Rav looks up. And he tells the Rav the unfortunate story. That um, 
they see the Rav, what he does at night, and um, they don't, the, the community doesn't think that he's right to be there of. Needless to say, the Dove could have very simply explained what happened. But the Dove did not even have a Shminish of a Shminis. He did not want to merit from his terror study at all. In order to not to merit from his terror study, he picked himself up, packed his bags and left. himself the truth is the truth is he could have answered he could have cleared his name he could have proven to them how he sits and learns diligently but he didn't He didn't. He accepted the verdict, the edict, as improper as it was, as horrific as it was, and it wasn't as if he's taking his pension with him either, and he upped and he left for the covet of Terah. Not to take a benefit from actual Terah. As the Rav, he was being paid for weddings, for whatever else he was performed in the community. But to take money like this was not for him. We said before that this is called the Book of Numbers. Seifa Pekudim. And the Pasha starts off, Su Esreish Kaladas Take a sum of all the congregation, all the heads of the Eden, children of Israel. Just counted them. How many times are Kajbarakh going to count over and over the Jewish nation? There's a halacha, a law. If a foreign substance falls into into a mixture, milk into a meat mixture, but it is minute in comparison, depending on the substance, depending on what it fell into, there's a concept of bottle berishishim, bottle berayv, different ways that it can be nullified. 
There are certain items, however, that are so significant they can never be nullified. Not even PLF, not even there's a thousand times more. Ava Merachai, part of a light living animal, a whole creature, a whole sheretz. These are referred to as something that's called a Dover Shebeminyan, an object that's counted. It's not sold by the weight, by the volume, it's sold by the unit. It's an entity. And therefore each unit has a significant value and each one as its own unit therefore cannot be nullified. And if it mixed, falls into a mixture thousands more it doesn't help. This says the Shalah Kaddish and the Shalala Kaddish and Luchas Abyss, the Shalala Kaddish is also very significant today. This was yesterday at least. Ervish Kaddish Sivan. The significance being of the tefillah that the Shalala prepared after for Ervish Kaddish Sivan, for children, for the Shaduchim, for their staying on the right path, etc. And the Shalach Kodesh writes, God instructed this be taken this consensus over and over. For the fact that being counted in each Jew is his own, his own entity, each is an individual Jew, as a result, the specialness of a Jew's identity is now unignorable. It's an unignorable, actually an unignorable reality. It's a real, it's an essence. It's a metzias. And although we're only a tiny minority of the nations of the world, <laughs> all that's going on today with all the anti-Semitism and what's going on at Israel, someone posted to one of these Makshimamnik Muslims was on a, a board of directors of an organization to save the world. Organization save the world. Then he found out something very unfortunate, very disturbing. Part of the world that he's saving is a nation called Israel. That's it. Forget it. I'm out. This is what Kal Yisrael represents in the world. In addition to just being a dovish of a minion, each and every Jew is unique.
However, when we saw the other things, the Sheretz, the Eivim and etc., you can see these things are mashmas. They have something of substance. Whereas Kali Yisrael, the fact that we are counted over and over, not necessarily observable. The mere fact that it's being counted. So the count of the Jewish people brings the inner specialness of the Jew. And not only is every Jew the same that, it's not contingent on the qualities of the Jew or the actions of the Jew. A Jew is a Jew. And being part of the chosen nation of God, we are counted in such an entity that in spite of our minority presence in the world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees to it that we are never nullified, Rahman Shabbos, this Shabbos is the Shabbos before Shavuos. But today is Rish Chodesh Sivan. What happens, happened on Rish Chodesh Sivan? On Rish Chodesh Sivan, the Yidden came together, Ish Echad, Belev Echad. All in one, as one. And it says, Vayichan Sham Yisrael Neged Har. Yisrael rested by the mountain. But it says, Vayichan, in a singular form. It says, Vayavayu Midbar Sinai, they all came to Midbar Sinai. And then it says, Vayichan Sham Yisrael. Although it says, Vayachnu Bamidbar, Vayichan Sham. And to this, the Chazal tell us that this resting, Vayichan, was Ishechod, Belevechod. Not like all the other times when the Jews came to rest, stopped in a place. There was all different confusion, all different opinions, all different indifferences. Don't want to label them Hashem as Machlekes. Here, when they came to Mount Teda, they came to Hasinai. Nobody stood on their laurels. Nobody stood up and said, "This is my mom plot right to Bahima." Nobody said, I have to be here more than you have to be here. As one entity. So what? What's so unique about this unity? We know in Chodesh Nisan 
the Jews left Egypt. They all were one, un- one unit, all united. They were one army. Their essence was all one. United. And the army itself, there's also no differences. Every soldier was one, one is the other. Everyone was their equal. So what happened to Shechid Shivan? Big deal. Big deal. They all were one. But let's be honest. There is a major difference between the Achtos that happened when the Yidin left Egypt to the Achtos that came upon them, the unity that came upon them when they arrived by Matan Teirah. When they left Egypt, they were not yet different groups. They were not yet told as different Shvatim, different parties, Marshal, there was no Kahanan, Levim, Israelim. Kashbarachu took them all al Kamfi Nisharim on the eagle's wings. Now, when there's no difference in one person and the other, was the Chiddush that they're working together. On the other hand, when it came to Shredishidin, they knew already all the different camps. They knew all the different levels of the people. And that's why there were so many different disputes, arguments. That reflects, therefore, the greatness of the Achtos of the Eden. That still in all, they reach to this true and complete ish echad echad. Knowing that this one had his position, this one had the positions already given out, hashed out over here, but still in all, they arrived together. This special unity comes through another essence of an Indian. The number of of the month, Chayde Shivan, is the third month. Third of the months, Nisan Ir Sivan. Nisan is considered Chayde Shadishay. Rishin, one. Aleph, that's single. It's one entity, then everybody's together. 
But the truth here is, there was not a true, a true unity. Because there was nothing to divide and there was nothing to oppose. If nobody's divided, nobody's opposing, that's not called unity. That's not called unity. Once though, there became different entities, and we find two different opinions, one against the other, Like we find in the Tera, the Bishmolim, Vishayshis, and Midish, the Tera, and the 13 attributes we study the Tera. And therefore, there are different ways that we can derive things from different parts. And when that comes about, then different people have different opinions how that's done. And therefore, that's not a complete actus. If there's no other opinion, then obviously there's no other opinion. It's not unity. But as Rabbi Shmuel finishes off in the Mishnah, the Brisa, two psukim that contradict one another. And the third pasuk comes along, the third entity. And makes peace between them. This is the mile of the Achtus that we see in Chaydish Hashlishi. After the different entities came about amongst Am Yisrael, and still in all, they remained the Achtus. Not just Achtus. Ish Echod, Belev Echod. So Rabbi says, we stand now in these days, which represent this tremendous, tremendous unity. We're given the Kayach to renew unity of every year. We need to remember that the true Achtus is Dafka after there are different levels, after even there's Machlekes, that's when Achtus can come about. Because that's a Kaili for the Kabbalah, Brachas Hashem, until the main Bracha, the Brach Mirchas Geula Amitaz Hashlema. That is what unity is all about. And that is what we strive to ascertain, to achieve in in our unity now, today, as we prepare for Matan Teda. Our Chenu B'nai Yisrael, our brethren in Eretz Yisrael, are suffering. They suffered plenty from 
the pandemic, loss of lives, etc. Loss of livelihood. Closing down a country is not easy. Small little country like Israel. Now, we're again on the siege. But it's not sitting only in Israel now. It's everywhere in the world the anti-Semitism is flaring up. When Yemach Shemayi Hitler in Nazi Germany had his campaign against Yidin He had plenty of allies, unfortunately. But, he didn't have the social media. He had his radio, where he'd stand and scream into his microphone, and he captivated the audience. But he didn't have what we have today, Rabbi say the internet, Although the shear is being sent out on the internet. And by having this, you're automatically opening up to all different waves. The most remote places that have internet are seeing the hatred towards the Jews. And they say, hey, me too, si too, yo también. And however you say it in all the other wicked Shayim languages. So understand that, Rabbi Yisrael. It is time for the Klaal Yisrael to unite. When you're seeing all the different clips and videos of the people that call themselves Jews and dress like religious garb, but are talking against the Yidin and four Palestinians. And they're standing there, they're praying, that the Jewish nation be annihilated. Shuma Shemayim. What they're doing there, I don't know, but they're there. To overcome this, there's one single recipe. The recipe of Achtus, of unity, of forgiving, where we need to do a special deed to help the Yidin and Kla Yisrael, this is beyond the special deed. The special deed of the Fnimishur Sadin. To quote, no righteousness behind him, but Benjamin Netanyahu, if the Arabs put down their weapons today, there'd be no more violence. If the Jews put down their weapons today, 
there'd be no more Jews. That's what we're up against. And therefore, it is imperative in each and every one of us to unite, to forgive, to look past anything done, anything happened, anything said, and say, I forgive with a full heart. And by uniting ourselves now, the Shkedesh Sivan, as a preparation to Matan this will be the strongest and the greatest preparation for the Geula Amitis Vashlema. Perik Vov this week, Perikiyavis. Mishnei Altevakesh Gedula Latzmach. Don't see greatness for yourself. Don't desire honor. Let your deeds exceed your learning. And don't have a yearn, a taiva, to be at the table of kings and remember always Godl Mishulchanam Shulchanam Godl Mishulchanam Your table is greater, greater than theirs V'chisach Godl Mishulchanam And your crown is greater than theirs V'nehmanu ba'amulachtecha sh'yishalam l'chazchar b'ulasecha HaKadosh Baruch Hu is believed and trusted this employer that he will pay you in remuneration for your deeds. person might think, I have personal flaws, and therefore my my Torah study, what's it worth already? I've done an Aveda. Like it's written, See, what right do I have to try to devote, to devote myself to this the Brayse teaches us that HaKadosh Baruch can be relied upon to appreciate every positive effort that a Jew does because ultimately every individual will turn to God with tshuva, and we will receive rewards for our positive deeds. Being that Perik Vov, our Shanu Chachamim, it's actually counted pretty much as Brysis rather than Mishnas. So as we complete this week's cycle of Pirkei Oves, we mention yet again a Mishnah Pirkei Oves.
Sefer teaches us about the different boundaries and levels. But only last, now we began the Pelek Egla Rufa. The Egla Rufa is the calf that was decapitated because a dead person was found. They measured the proximity to which city the dead body belonged. Even though nobody could prove who it belonged to and who killed the person, a sacrifice mm-hmm. was brought to which the elders of the city said, Our hands did not spill this. This blood. And therefore, they brought this egla, they brought this calf as a sacrifice, and everyone took the responsibility at equal level. And the Egla was a carbon that forgave whatever took place, at least the residents of the city who had the flaw that they did not give the person food to leave what they leave with, did not walk them necessarily to the end of the city. Therefore this Egla forgave them. And we be to a different calf. The Para Duma the red heifer that will be brought now before Chag so that we can have at the first 12 days of, of Sivan we do not say Tachnun and the reason being because the Yibes made Tashlumim two days is not enough for the people they're able to bring all the Karbanis therefore we have till Yibes the Chedesh therefore we too should be Yetzer with Tashlumim HaKadosh Baruch Hu should make it up for us and we should make it up for him and we should find ourselves this Shabbos preparing ourselves for the Shavuos in Yerushalayim in HaKadosh Zuntahit Mehenev Yemenu Amen Shabbat Shalom and Kabbalah Satayra Simcha Ubepnimius